see that. that. I actually could see that. I would like to see Grief lose his legs and then to bring out Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Phil. I didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't even hear the end of that sentence. Walk, earth. It would be yeah. nice for him to lose his legs, guys. And then he gets trans. What's the word? Transplanted. He gets. Maul. He gets. He, yeah, he gets like Darth Maul. He has IG's legs. They're gonna bring. So they're gonna bring the crew IG from pack. Book of Boba Fett. That that put they put. Yeah. <laughs> the cyberpunk crew is gonna come <laughs> fix Microgang. me up. And they're mopeds. <laughs> Three men who also happen to be best friends as well as a bunch of complete movie nerds are on a mission to save the world with a podcast that really honestly doesn't help with or solve any of the world's problems whatsoever. Sorry. Please grab your bowl of popcorn and your sugar-free beverage. Get to your seats. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of All Screens and Sizes. Welcome back, everyone, to All Screens and Sizes. We are so happy to have you all here with us, and it is that time of the week. We have a new episode of The Mandalorian to sift through and digest and, of course, critique from the comfort of our living rooms. We have arrived at episode 6 of season 3 or chapter 22 of the series titled Guns for Hire. The lovely Bryce Dallas Howard, daughter of legendary director Ron Howard, returns to direct her first installment of season 3 after making her directorial debut all the way back in season 2. But before we... Force jump our way into the our thoughts and feelings of the episode. Let's hear from the other two amigos. I know Phil has been on an absolute film bender, getting caught up on movies. How's that been going for you, Phil? Fantastic. I've seen John Wick 3, Cocaine Bear, Creed 3, and I saw Air last night. And then we're looking forward to maybe Mario, Dungeons & Dragons, and Shazam, one of my three choices of today. So we'll see what's going on. But yes, I am catching up now that the move is complete. Sheesh. Living the dream. Yeah, we got to get the next podcast out where we just discuss and break down all these bangers that or non-bangers that have come out. Kind of go into detail on that. That'll be fun to do. Um, For sure. Yeah, I think me and the team, we're trying to go see Air tomorrow. Um, still not really sure how I feel about it going in, but that's good. I don't really know a whole lot anyway. So I'm um, excited to see that. And then been busy with basketball and all that stuff. I'm actually going to got a free day off. No no better way I could spend my day off than with my two best buddies talking Star Wars and right after heading to the Star Wars museum slash theme park again about half an hour from where I live. So no better off day in my mind. But uh yeah. What about you, Nick? How you been, man? Beautiful, beautiful. I've been I've been pretty good. Been traveling, been on the road a lot with the team and playing and practicing and I've got to go see Air soon as well. Hopefully I can get to the theater soon. But other than that, just delighted to be here with you boys today to discuss some Star Wars. Right back at you. So with that, let's uh, let's send it over to Jordy for another enthralling recap of the episode. Jordy, the floor is yours. Appreciate it, man. You're going to run out of uh, adjectives for, for all my uh, summaries, man. <laughs> never, never for you. <laughs> Indeed, time for the Mandalorian Chapter 22 Guns for Hire recap. 
This week we open up on a Quarren ship where a female captain is swimming in a tank at the helm. She leaves the water when out of nowhere an Imperial ship seems to approach. She says they are simply an innocent Quarren transport unaware of any Imperial presence in the area. But it turns out the ship is not Imperial. It is actually ex-Woves at the helm of the ship, the former Night Owl who is leading a group of Mandalorians that were formerly under Bo-Katan's leadership. They have been hired to bring back a Mon Calamari prince who apparently is in a relationship and in love with the captain of the Quarren ship. The pair make an emotional goodbye and Night Owl Koska Reeves boards the ship to take him away. She explains that they are honorable for the price of a few credits. We then cut back to Bo-Katan and Din Djarin who have come to an independent planet, Plazir 15, to convince Woes and the other Night Owl Mandalorians to join them, bringing their assembled fleet of repurposed Imperial starships. A pair of Imperial droids greet them as they board a high-speed rail. They ask to go see the assembled Mandalorian fleet, but instead are taken to meet the planetary democracy. Inside, we enter a lush and big banquet that's going on with an ex-Imperial planning officer, Captain Bombardier, who's played by Jack Black of all people, who is seated beside planetary royalty, a duchess played by Lizzo. The couple is in love and they've actually hired the group of Mandalorians to protect them due to the charter preventing ex-Imperials from having a military. After meeting the couple, they discreetly tell Din and Bo that there's been an issue with reprogrammed battle droids who are suddenly rebelling. They want them to eliminate the droid problem, and in return, they'll move to recognize Mandalore as a sovereign system once more and petition the New Republic to make it so. We then cut to the command center where an overseer, played by Christopher Lloyd, another wild unexpected cameo for you, runs Bo-Katan and Din Djarin through a series of examples of droids malfunctioning. He actually has a big rat cut-off button for all droids in the city, but the citizens are actually reliant on them. They now live in a society where they no longer work and completely rely on the droids for everything. He directs them to visit the Ugnaughts in the lower levels to get a good list of the droids still causing issues for them to then destroy. The Ugnaughts tell them the droids are not malfunctioning at all, but Din Djarin uses his previous experience with Quill to get them to admit to the issue, provide the location of the droids they seek. At the loading docks then, there are battle droids everywhere. Speaking to a droid 4 man, the droid insists the entire line of loaders have been through all necessary safety checks. Din Djarin then proceeds to hit a series of super battle droids to check their resilience until one retaliates and goes on the run. After a long intense chase through the city district, our heroes manage to eliminate the runner. On the droid, Bo-Katan finds a spark pad for a droid bar called the Resistor. They enter and the bar falls silent. The bartender droid is being interrogated by Bo-Katan, but then Jarn steps in to take a more brutal stance. The bartender explains they really only want to help, as Plazir represents a safe space, a safe haven for reprogrammed separatist droids to continue to live in peace, where in Republic worlds they be scrapped. Then, after some further examining and questioning, the truth of why these droids have been malfunctioning is finally brought to light. There are actually some small nanodroids present in the Nepenthe substance that these droids consume that is actually behind it all. The nanodroids are revealed to have been brought to Plazir by one single individual, the head of security we met earlier, Commissioner Hellgate, aka Christopher Lloyd. Din and Bo return to confront him. 
he threatens to hit a failsafe button which will revert all battle droids back to their original settings. As he begins a rant about his love of Count Dooku's separatist ideals, Bo-Katan stuns and captures him. For their services to the planet, Lizzo gives both Din and Bo a key to the city and an audience with the Mandalorians led by Axwoes. She also knights Grogu who had been helping her win her parlor games with his force abilities. Then we finally actually get to advance our Mandalorian lore and story a little bit as we go back to the Mandalorian base where Bo-Katan greets Woes. She challenges him for leadership of the pack resulting in a fight between the two where Bo-Katan gets to show off her combat skills. It is a bitterly fought battle and Woes clearly does not want to cede his position easily. As she grapples him into submission he tells her she will actually never be the true leader as she refused to even take the Darksaber from Din Djarin. As Axe-Wolves tries to discount Djarin's Mandalorian status and blood, Djarin steps in. He explains how Bo-Katan actually defeated the enemy that defeated him on Mandalore. He describes a chain of succession due to her rescue which would place the Darksaber back into Bo-Katan's hands rightfully without her having to defeat him. So she accepts the saber and ignites it roll the credits thank you so much for enlightening us jordy now let's get right into the thick of this bantha fodder have our expectations been warranted have we been accurate in our predictions or are we just the quackta calling the stifling slimy <laughs> what are our thoughts boys what are our thoughts i'm i'm getting yeah i'm, I'm getting a call? a call wait one second i got it hello yeah, I'm, I'm doing a podcast right now. Do you mind if I call you back? Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. yeah I thought I thought we weren't going to talk anymore. I thought we were done. Then I'm, all right, talk to you. Yeah, it was uh, it was Sally. It was side mission <laughs> Sally on the phone, and she's back. And I don't want to talk to her anymore. But sorry, go ahead, Nick. Nick, she actually said you should go first, Nick. So you take it away. Oh my god, guys! I just I don't know where we're going, what we're doing here. It was just so tonally bizarre and off the wall and silly and we had some i mean things happened that we were expecting to see and in my case wanting to see but if tonally it felt so off and so silly and so i i just couldn't help but feel disappointed and just confused just confused i was confused. what was i watching we got lizzo we got jack black oh, we got man i mean all the cameos galore and we I'm so relieved, Nick. Me and Phil are so I, relieved. We thought you were uh, loving this and we're going to love it. I thought I was going to have to fight you today, and I did not want to start my day off that way. Listen, am, it wasn't all bad for me, but just like, continue with I what you were started off like, with. Don't change up that mindset. No, I mean, I mean, it, things that were ha things that happened in the episode, like where we went and what we were doing on the grand scheme of things, worked for me. Some things, but tone. You mean the last? You mean the last like three minutes? Yeah, well, episodes. Like I enjoyed. Listen, I've been on here every week with you boys, discussing my desire and my excitement for having Bo Katan with the dark saber, ready to lead Mandalore, and we got that, and I was so happy about that. 
but at the same time, it felt so cheap. She got the damn Darksaber on a technicality from something on a that- handover. <laughs> Basically, by the way, I predicted this, boys. I was a little, I was right about this back in the day. I, would, I knew something was something fishy was happening. What'd you What'd you say? You just gonna give it to her? Well, I said that. I remember in, when we were in? I think it was episode two when we were in Mandalore. I was like, did we even see like Bo give the Darksaber? Bo give the dark saber back to Din. I felt like something was super fishy about like the whole well, exchange of dark saber. I know, but I I was I knew something fishy was going on there, and oh, it was fishy, all right. Mon yeah. calamari fishy. <laughs> yeah, we started off fishy. Get all the fishiness out of the way early. Well, you know the real the real true rightful wielder of the dark saber and the ruler, you know, was that droid for a little bit. That would have been cool to see. Let him rule Mandalore, I guess. <laughs> oh my thing. god and, and i like the whole mando faction of like their Night guns House. for hire and all these things like that but then that whole thing was resolved so quickly because like they just mando basically just tells them a story that they just believe off the jump like it, it, it is true but like how do they know he's telling the truth They're like, oh yeah actually uh she saved my ass here and there and then now she's the leader the rightful owner of the dark saber just i don't know it felt so cheap i don't know didn't didn't he already try to give it to her before or did she she'd already explained to him how that worked didn't it that he's supposed to get yes. in combat so yeah. why the hell did he have to do the exposition and tell remind the audience remind right, the audience this, it's lazy writing is that's why this pointed out it's lazy convenient writing God. at the bare minimum you could have had homie say i don't want to fight you Bo. i want to fight him for the dark saber because i'm here to rule stuff and then yeah, Din Axe Wolves, Axe Din, Wolves. Yeah, Din could have fought Axe, and uh, Din, if he wants to be cute about it, he could have intentionally lost to set up Bo to fight him for it. Like, what are we – like, Din can lose a fight. Like, can we can do that. Like, he, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? We've thrown Din in the trash already this season, so we might as well have – he can lose nothing. a fight here and he there. He could have also yeah. just given it to her and explained the situation before well, yeah, they even fought right. to begin it with. Stupid! What are you doing <laughs> there? I'm over. This whole episode started off with this stupid soap opera ABC family. <laughs> I can't leave. I love you. What is that? Like this three is, times. What is, what is that? You. And then they kiss with their little tentacles. And look, you know me, guys. I'm in the twilight. <laughs> and stuff, but I don't know what that was. Oh my gosh! I don't know what. And we're Jack doing Black and here. Lizzo just felt so tonally like we have these big events happening in our star wars lore and it's like we have to throw lizzo and jack black in. and then okay christopher lloyd he felt more like tonally appropriate for what for what the episode was going for but i don't know it's just like all these cameos in here and we, i don't know how i feel about cameos. i don't want my star wars to be filled with cameos they're more focused on cameos than give us actual context and story because man this was lizzo was cannot giant act. epcot it was giant epcot they're just promoting Disney <laughs> I thought the I thought the planet home. was cool though. I thought the planet was cool. And then and then and then you give us the droids and all those cool guys back and then we've been watching flashbacks of like Mando like terrified of these these battle droids cuz that's who he got saved by the Mandos and then he shows up he's just kicking them in the knee. Like he should have had like one more trauma around him. He did get knocked the fuck out by that one though. He got laid I out. No, no, but I'm saying like you I can understand if you don't know how to make a show that's like write a show that has all these dramatic moments, but somebody wrote this episode goofy and all droids and all like 
advanced battle droids and all. And no one in their right mind in that writer's room thought, wait, we literally had a specific flashback of this exact type of droid murdering Din's entire family. That we kept showing in the that first we kept showing. five times. Yeah, the exact same battle droid, right? And we're not going to use this moment to give Din at least a bit of character development, emotional moment, something. No, we're just going to have him kick kick and shove the shit out of this droid just for comedic purposes, man. Like, Trying to mess up our ACLs. We have two. <laughs> we have two episodes left in this season. We basically have nothing more on Dan. No character arc. No information about his nothing. past. No idea what he even wants. It's just side characters that are just thriving. Nothing with the poster child of Star Wars, Grogu. What? The, why the hell is he even here? Grogu is like a little pet, a little doggy for Lizzo. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know <laughs> nothing, what they're doing. Nothing about him. Nothing I, I will. I will say the only, the only somewhat sort of meaningful development. It wasn't even development, but it was a callback that I enjoyed for Din. Was with uh, when he was. We learned that he. He used his experience with Quill, um, dealing with that species. I can't remember the name. What's the, the name of the species? Ugnot. I can't remember. Gugnot, Gugnots. Yeah, thank you. And he used his experience with Quill. I thought that was kind of cool. I have spoken, and he knew how to handle that, the Ugnots and communicate with them and connect with them a little bit. I thought that was cool because we know that that relationship with Quill was was pretty cool back in season one. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. The, the most glaring thing is just like Din does not have any – purpose whatsoever he never has he never has it's just it's <laughs> why is he there it's completely undone the end of season two like the importance of grogu this is completely undone it like it's well they made they, they made they made the mistake by just i think i don't know it's true the rumor said it was kathleen kennedy's idea oh god but just just, just, to, just to have them reunite immediately like it's nothing right. book of boba fett like if if you take Grogu out of this season, you can literally tell that from the outside looking in that all of this stuff that was going on was practically without Grogu or intended to be without Grogu. Now he's just kind of stuck on as, yeah. a, as an add-on. Yeah, because we got, right. the, we got the reunion in Book of Boba Fett. It meant nothing. Yeah. Well, it didn't mean yeah. anything, but it was in a whole different show. Like No, but, just... I'm, no but I'm saying like if it, it almost really feels like this season was intended was for intended Din to Alex. not have Grogu. And right. then somebody forced them together again, incredibly forced in, in Book of Boba Fett. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess Grogu is around as well. Let's, oh, let's have him dick around with Lizzo and do this or have another fun, little funny moment, waddle yeah. through the sand. Like, that, it, it just literally feels like. <laughs> what was that, the, Jordy? What was, the, what was he doing going through the sand? Little waddle, little waddle. The no, sand. what was the noise? What was the noise? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like, it feels like, like something just went really wrong. And now there's just like trying to have to roll with it and it just doesn't work like he had, i don't know didn't dim had the dark side but the only reason we knew was because he had to cut and draw it in half just to remind everybody he still had it you know like what what, what else does he have razor crest is gone the, his awesome best car staff which was really dope gone doesn't matter anymore i guess grogu's back um, i guess he's part of the covert now again which is going to be leaving Bokatan. he's just a follower like what are we doing man i know come on what's up what's up with grogu just getting knighted at the end he's he's a jedi he's a jedi he's a mando foundling and now he's a knight what, what, what was that for what for uh, what for what just collecting what? accolades as we go along like that's supposed to i don't know guys man. it's just it's disappointing how the tables have turned huh week to week just playing with our hearts like that three I'm, episodes I'm, left I'm, I'm a bit i'm honestly a bit 
offended that both that both you guys thought that I would somehow enjoy what I just watched on the screen. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was worried. I was worried. I was like, I do not want to start my day fighting this dude, explaining why this is trash. It felt more like a Star okay, Trek episode we... than anything. It felt like Star Trek. It did not feel like Star Wars. I feel yeah. like we're forgetting something else bad to talk about. There's, I mean, what, what, what else? Where else could we go? We go here the all day. Separatist Commissioner Hellgate, you know, name dropping Count Dooku. Oh, well, that yeah, that was man. I actually yeah, liked. No, that. I, I mean, that was, that, that was fine. Yeah, I just... like the idea of the episode of explaining, you know, like what's happened to these droids. Like, I like going into those parts of Star Wars that you don't see in the big films, like what happened to the droids after the fact these other planets and how do they survive so like i'm into that world building part of it but it was just it was a mess especially when we only got two apps left what are we doing here yeah two apps left i mean crazy we have gone nowhere basically we i mean besides this glaring grogu thing where you know the writers of the actual creators of mandalorian might not be to blame because I, i really feel like this is like an outside thing that was kind of forced down their throats but like we all put our faiths in John Favreau, you know, obviously rightfully so season one, season two, it had its problems, but still we felt like this was, this was it. But I mean, I don't know, man, I feel like, have they lost the weight or something? Like what's, they what's like, it. it's most, I feel like it's mostly writing, no Phil, because I mean, I mean, you can make Andor, which is one of the best Star Wars right. things I've well, seen. That's, yeah, I've been saying that since season one the writing has not been the greatest and they've been able to do stuff to keep us going but like this season has definitely shown that they it's not like they don't have i don't even know i don't even say they don't have a clear picture of what like i don't know like the pace is off we went straight to mandalore right away i mean we all thought that was going to take like a whole season to get that accomplished episode and a half knocked it out which is fine but then after that we went we went nowhere since then we've took a couple episodes to give her the saber to lead mandalore like, it seems like everyone's on the same page. Like, everyone's going to follow each other. We don't know if Moff Gideon's a part of this or not. There's been talks of him being out there. They're going to have to bring Yeah, like, I don't know what... It's got to be him coming back. And then my fear is, with two eps left, he's going to show up at the very end to set up the next season. Like, I don't know what the next two episodes could entail. Other than, as soon as she gets to Saber, Moff Gideon just pops out of nowhere. I'm back! And he tries to take it from her. Like, I don't know... I don't know. <laughs> We gotta go back to Mandalore, right? We gotta we gotta try to retake Mandalore. That's they keep talking about retaking, well, but yeah. like right. I kept thinking about you, Sephil. What yeah, are we retaking? There's, there's nothing, nothing and that's there. the thing now, because we forgot Moff Gideon was his ship was found. There was the Beskar armor in it. There's possible that there's Mandalorians rolling with him and they're chilling on Mandalore. That seems like the most obvious choice. They go to Mandalore and Moff Gideon's been hanging out waiting for their return. On the throne. That would be cool. Yeah. Like that I could see that being a thing. Yeah. But like I don't we didn't predict this episode was going to happen, so I can't predict anything. <laughs> we, okay, so we've had the Mandalore moment with, you know, like the Mythosaur. That was episode two? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So That's now, the best episode. It was a great episode. It was strong. Yeah, but like if we're really talking about the, the story, the main thread through this show, it's the Darksaber, ruling Mandalore, all that stuff. So from the moment that Bo saw the Mythosaur... From that moment on, she was basically the one that was supposed to be. Didn't know damn well how it worked. Like, 
in theory, he could have given her the saber right then and there. It would have been fine. And but he wanted to. On, That's the thing. Take... Why do we wait till this? Yeah, point? he did. Like... He did. Yeah, just yeah. take it. So now we've had all these episodes where literally, like, that's the main story, right? That ruling Mandalore, all that stuff. From that mo- episode two to now, if you literally think away all the, the BS and crap and context inside Mission Sally, we've taken, like, a, a miniature step forward. Not even, more like a little Grogu shuffle forward in this story. <laughs> And, like, who thought before the season, like, this is – got to be able to lay out a plan, right, from point A to point Z. Like, the, literally the problem that they had with the sequel strategy, which they didn't do. Like, how – I'm just so confused, like, what were they, the book what book were they going for? We have not learned. We have not learned from our mistakes. <laughs> Okatan has had the no. most, like, if you just put her stuff in, if you take out all the extra stuff, she's had the most advancement in anything. Like, they should have just called this Bo-Katan. Really, and just yeah. Well, she's basically yeah. the she's essentially the main right. Character they should have just point. did it more from her perspective. Yeah. Is what they should have did. It should have been Bo- the book of Bocatan yeah. because that's what it mostly is. Because yeah. again, Din, it's just getting on the back burner. And now, not only just Din, it's also Grogu, just on the back burner, just just hanging out. Oh, I miss them. I miss I miss the the dynamic. I miss everything. They had gold. They had gold. Like imagine if they just didn't have the reunion in Book of Boba Fett. And maybe that was like well, something we right. could build this towards. This whole season you know, could have like been. Should have. It could have been moments without Grogu and make us miss him, like we want him back. Like there's parts where he needs exactly. Grogu and he's not, you know, like because you remember the, how Grogu saved him several times. And then after this Mandalore chapter is complete, whatever, they come, they, you know, they can be reunited. Then I don't know. I want Grogu just to be a Jedi anyway, so I don't even want to be Mandalorian. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but then if if then if we were to reintroduce Grogu, they have so much more freedom. They could just bring him in when he's like older or like more like. Now we're just stuck and stuck with him there. He just has to be there. Just along for the ride. Just being (laughs) star battle, space battles. No matter what it is, he's got to have him there. Like just just please the fans, I guess, because he is there. And then like there now, there must be another moment somewhere soon where they he loses him again, or like unless they're just gonna keep him around and really do nothing with him. But like, yeah. man, that's that's literally all you needed for this show is have Grogu have his mystery, his stories. We have a, you got a little bit of a flashback scene, but like, man, that's that's what we have, and that's what we, that's all we need, and that's all we yeah. want. You know, Bo Katan stuff is cool. You can keep that too, but like, man. it's frustrating for sure because. I think we all are in agreement that we love Grogu, yeah. right? And like we want, we want more of Grogu, but we want, we want it to be a story to be told with Grogu. We don't want just because he's so cute, just throw him in, you know, along with the side mission Sally and along for the ride and all these things. We want some development, some character development, that some impactful storytelling that's going to progress our love of Grogu, right? Not just oh, we think he's really cute and we're going to just throw him in there to you know, eat tadpoles and whatever else. I think you know? the other issue is this season compared, like even again, I've said writing's been an issue one and two, but one and two still had stakes in play. Like we were worried about Grogu with get taken or, you know, they're trying to get him, Moff Gideon's mm-hmm. close or Mandalorian's going to turn yeah. him over. Like there was real stakes. You didn't know where it was going to go. Like this season, like especially this episode, like with her fighting uh, Axe Wolves and all that stuff, like, and even when Mando got caught, you knew he wasn't going to stay caught or whatever. There's been no real stakes, so it's like there's always in the back of your head thinking because we are all connecting this to Rise of Skywalker. Like, is Grogu the missing link to 
Palpatine being cloned or whatever since they're after his DNA and all that stuff. So there's like that fear of like they're going to get him and we're going to lose Grogu, especially since we don't know nothing about a future with him in Star Wars. But like this season, it just seems like nothing bad is going to happen to anybody. There's no real stakes right. involved. So I think that hurts. And I think I think they're starting to try to answer that a little bit. We haven't talked about it on the pod, but they're trying to answer that a little bit with Bad Batch as well. So they've kind of taken the stakes from right. from Grogu to some other things that might be happening over at Bad Batch. But Bad Batch have actually given us some actual concrete explanations and moving that 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 forward. You know that that prologue uh, to to the whole that cloning stuff. Whereas since season one we've known that this was kind of telling that story as well, but it's really not telling any stories. Right. giving us like little, little hints of like, Oh, cloning it. Like everyone knows this is where it's going. So just go ahead and tell us the story. Instead of just trying to like hype us up with little, little things. Like we, we get it. Yeah. This is connected. We know they want Grogu. We kind of know why, you know, like midichlorian count cloning. Like we, we, we get the idea. We get the gist. Now, you know, get, get along with it, you know, get yeah. on with it. Agreed. No, say, well, they spent a whole, and it's not us making it up. They spent the whole episode in season one of going to like the labs and the stuff. So like it's there. Yeah. And we know that's what, yeah, we know that's we what know they want there, Grogu. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I don't know what it's a play. Stop blue balling us. <laughs> I know. Hopefully, I mean, our, our, my only hope is that, I mean, we have to reintroduce Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon has been a threat. There were stakes with Moff Gideon, right? So hopefully we have some of that sprinkled back in towards the end of the season. Hopefully they can refine their footing, but I don't know, guys. What if Bo-Katan just got the Darksaber just to lose to Moff Gideon again and lose it? Like She can't, like, she can't lose it bro. again. Bro. <laughs> you can't lose it again. I will say that the fight between yeah, Axe and Bo was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I wish... I wish that we got maybe more... Like what you were saying, Phil, we got more of that with like Axe can fight Din and then... And then both well, yeah, it just, and there was stakes. It makes yeah. no sense because he even said it. He's like, "Well, you're not the one who's in charge. He's the one who's got the dark saber. Like, why don't like he? If that guy believes that and he's liking being a leader, why didn't he just challenge Dan and send it? Like, hey, you, I've been waiting for you. Like, it would have made it a." It, it would have made it a Mandalorian episode about Din Djarin. Instead, it still had to be right. And and they had and like you like you said, Phil, if he wanted to be a leader, he already you know threw that into the episode. We were saying I'm, I'm getting used to having control of the fleet. Right, I'm yeah, liking it. I'm, I'm liking where I'm at. Like he was he was getting the he he wet his palate so to say, and he wanted he could have been so we can have some Mandalorian more. action. Think about God. Like, what? Why? Let me write this crap. Just like I said, no stakes. <laughs> Just think if this episode would have ended. And Axe has the dark saber, and he's standing over Din. And with, at the end of the episode, like, oh my gosh, he's lost. it. what's gonna happen now? Like for a week, we'd have been like, what the hell? And then next week, you could have an episode spent on this guy leading or whatever. And Bo's like, I've had enough of this crap. And then she challenges for it by the end of the series. Or, like it would have been a story at least, like for us thinking like, what's gonna happen now that Din's lost the dark saber? Instead, we don't like have nothing. Like right. losing is good for stuff. Like it's okay to lose. We don't need the hero to win all the time. Like we want someone to survive or to, to you know, to go through some adversity. Like there's none of that going on in this season. That's what I'm talking about with the stakes. Like, dude, it would have been nice to have someone else have the saber for an episode or two. Well, I mean, what, what are we, what are we, what, what are we thinking, guys? Two episodes. Who, who? Throw some theories. Who, who are we gonna have cameo more? Uh, we need some more superstars. Gotta, surprise superstars. Let's get, Brad Pitt. Drake, Drake oh, might make an appearance. Drake's gonna be at the cantina. 
Also, I don't know if this is true, but lived. someone said that Mark Hamill voiced one of the Ugnaughts, but I wasn't sure. The main one. I think the main one who was talking because okay. the voice. I thought. I thought it sounded like familiar to him, um, because he does that a lot. Oh, sorry, Nick Nolte. I love blue chips. I love you. I love you acting. But now that he's played an Ugnaught, every time I looked at those Ugnaughts, I pictured them as Nick Nolte. And then I looked at a current picture of Nick Nolte, <laughs> and yes, he looks like a current Ugnaught. He's looking rough. I feel like they modeled him after him. Yeah, yeah and Christopher Lloyd, too. God, he looked like a very bad Fester. Like, he just looked like Fester, <laughs> all old. and He did a good – I mean, that, for me, that, that cameo worked much better than Jack Black. Well, it had – Because tonally, if it, it – Yeah, worked. it had a purpose. He was like – yeah, it, it worked. He had a character. Jack Black was just being Jack Black, and Lizzo was – Right. I didn't even notice it was Lizzo. When he walked in, I seen Jack Black. I'm like, what are we <laughs> doing? And then they got closer. I'm like, is that Lizzo? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. And it just it- – Lizzo, Lizzo manifested this. Remember when she dressed yeah. up as Grogu for Halloween? Oh and now God. they threw the, – that's all you got to do. I guess you can get put in Mandalorian. And, and it made me just think of like, now here comes Bill Murray from Ant-Man. Like oh, it just man. fit that kind of yeah. character. Like it was just – like he's going to be eating dinner with them as well. Crossover. Right, should we? Should we? Shall we shift the conversation a bit, Nick? Let's do it. Let's do it. Just to clear the air, boys, we have some Star Wars questions from some of our listeners that I'm excited to ask you guys, and we're excited to discuss with you. So our first question is: Who is the best pilot in the Star Wars galaxy? That's a good question. There's a lot of names. Let's throw. What are some of the names that come to mind right away? We've got, we've got, let's see, Anakin, we've got Poe, we've got Mando, Han, Luke, of course. Uh, well, you're talking about, about Poe, you better not forget to throw an L in there, because motherfucking Plo knows how to whip that thing, too. Well, I'm Plo, pretty sure Plo we, we... died in a ship. Man, oh, yeah, no, I, died I think he might be disqualified soon, for me. Soon, <laughs> I'm sorry. If you died in a ship, you'd automatically no. lose for being in the best pilot. You might not type, be the best if pilot. If you go up any you know, type of list of best pilots, Plo is going to be on there. He's the only one that's getting close to Anakin's level. Think, I think Anakin is the oh, first the, the first uh, name that pops into your mind. I mean, we see him pod racing. We see him working on Coruscant. We see him star fighting as well. I think Anakin is the clear favorite here but we've got some other i mean han made the kessel run Dude. in under 12 parsecs so 14. luke uh as, so luke, <laughs> luke talk is about my, luke? my unsung hero luke is the one who destroyed the first death star so i think that automatically puts him at the top just because he you know it took some it took some help from from han but he used the force he took away his little targeting system and blew up the Death Star. Like that, like as much as Anakin we know is a great pilot, he didn't blow up no Death Star. Uh, Plo, Plo, I'm mean, sorry, Plo. Poe po <laughs> was yeah. also. What, 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 what did, did Plo do? Poe po was also in the. Yeah. You know, I forgot Anakin did do the Naboo thing in Phantom Menace. Yeah, as a right. little kid. It's Anakin. It's obvious. <laughs> yeah, now, this is Anakin, pod racing. Man, Mando has some of the best maneuvers as well. Hey, don't sleep on Din either. He can I'm not eat. sleeping on him. The showrunners are sleeping on him. <laughs> but we all know who's the best pilot of all. It's got to be Ray. Does she even fly? All right, on to the next. On to the next <laughs> question. <laughs> on to the next question. Next question we've got here. If there was an all-out brawl for the Darksaber, 
<laughs> between the characters that we know from Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, who would win? Who would win? Hold on, can I tell the listeners what just happened? There? <laughs> well, well, the reason why I laughed is because of Jordy's face. Because Jordy's face was when the word brawl was mentioned. Jordy, Nick, and I, mostly Jordy and Nick, earlier this week. Not not just earlier this week, constantly, 24-7 for years. There was a tweet that went out that someone said that Christian Bale's Batman would get beat by Adam West. Okay. Jordy wanted to argue that. <laughs> it's not that Robert Pattinson's no! Batman could beat Christian Bale's Batman. Get the hell no. out of here. Not that he Get could, the hell he out literally would. He doesn't stand a chance. Oh, in the a brawl, brawl word is the brawl is a trigger word for us now. Anytime that word comes up, we're gonna think of that argument. Robert and anyways, Pattinson me and Nick refused to say that Pattinson could win that brawl. No chance. Anyways, but anyways, let's, let's stick on subject, boys. We've got a brawl. <laughs> For the dark saber, who's gonna win? Who's your, who's got the best odds? Who's you? Who's you? Who do you have your faith in to win? On Bo Katan just getting it handed over to her. <laughs> no, no fight, no fight. Well, everyone no, else, everyone else runs fight. up and clunks her heads together, and the dark saber just falls to Bo Katan. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm going also going Bo Katan, but I think just the way that she's used the the dark saber in the past and. Her fighting style, I'm going with with Bo as well. But for and a different she's about reason. to have and I, if you want to compare, you know, I guess Mando could use Grogu. That might help him out. But then Boba has a Rancor. Bo is probably about to have a Mythosaur, so obviously she would be the clear winner. And since she has it, why not? I'm just gonna go say Bo as well. You guys are wrong. Okay. <laughs> On one condition though, because here's my stipulation. Phil, you're talking about using Grogu, whatever. Maybe lifting up some stuff. I'm saying if you go into this brawl, Nick, you know, <laughs> and you tell Din, Din, if you don't win this brawl, Grogu going to die. Your boy is going to die. Din is going to go to un- never before seen heights. Because you know what, Nick? It's not all about just fighting how you sure, look It's about the fighting. choreography. It's, what it's choreography about, have you seen? It's about your heart and soul. That There's more things to fighting <laughs> than just see how you look fighting. Jordan, you, know you I mean? are blinded. You are blinded. You are thinking of Pedro Pascal's Last of Us character yes. and not this season's Mandalorian character who was saved by Bo-Katan, almost drowned, all that stuff. Got what by a by a battle. This Din is not winning anything. He's not winning anything. Yeah. So um, I'm going both. What about season one or season two, Din? We're not. We're in season three I mean, right now, buddy. He sh- he took his helmet off a few times to save Din or to yeah. save. He had to go purify uh, his cells in the water. That's about it. And we're talking <sighs> just Mandalorians, or we throwing Lizzo in there too? <laughs> or oh, IG somebody. IG. Uh, hey, IG, speaking of IG, are he's, we gonna get him like are we getting him back or are we not? Is that part we're of gonna get way? we're gonna get IG back, but uh, it's, it's, it would have made sense if yeah. we showed up to the planet that has a bunch of droids that I don't know. I could have just picked up the piece I've been looking for. They could have added that little plot thread. IG's been reconstructed off screen and he's just gonna grief. pull up probably. The final huge battle of Mandalore grief's gonna pull up with IG. Um I, I actually could see that. I actually could see that. I would like to see Grief lose his legs and then to bring that <laughs> Damn, Phil. I didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't even hear the end of that sentence. Water. Who yeah. guys him to lose his legs, guys? And then he gets trans. He Get gets mauled. 
He, yeah, he fixed. gets like Darth Maul. He has IG's legs, <laughs> so we still got IG back. They're gonna bring. They're gonna bring the crew from Book of Boba Fett. That, yeah, that put at least the, give him like the, the torso. <laughs> that would be fun to see. Like the whole, yeah. everything's turning. The cyberpunk oh, crew is gonna oh, come like fix grief back up. Mando saving saving grief like twice already this year. Like they, it's got to be for something, right? He's got to return to favor. What What about uh? Oh, I guess we we've only been in Tatooine once. Um, I want. <laughs> I, I, was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say uh Cobb Vant, dude. Like, what's up? Like Cobb he's Vant. still in a back to tank. Yeah. I guess yeah. so. Alright, one more question. We have one more question from our listeners. Has our faith in John Favreau been misplaced? And I think that's an appropriate time to ask this question. If you would have asked us at the beginning of the season, I think we were all on board with John Favreau. I think now our confidence has been shaken a bit. I don't know if we can fully blame John Favreau. Obviously, he is credited for writing. Phil, you've you've been very critical of the writing, and I'm not throwing in the towel on John Favreau quite yet. But my confidence has is wavering. I, I kind of want to know how much uh, Dave Filoni is involved as well, because there's been a lot of Dave's babies, you know, content in this season. You know, a lot of Rebel stuff. Yeah, Bo. So I'm exactly right. So I'm trying to I'm not, I'm trying to think whether it's Favreau letting us down, or maybe Filoni getting too much involved, or Filoni not not being involved enough. I'm kind of on defense of that because we're not really clear exactly on how, like how the roles are kind of shared because it's always just the, like those those two guys together kind of right. talking about what. Right, what and I do. think. I think it's interesting because, yes, we're including a lot of Filoni's babies here, but Filoni has been off doing Bad Batch, and we, mm-hmm. we've usually gotten a, um, an episode directed by Filoni as well, which we have not had this season, and we will not have. The last, the last two are directed by uh, Rick Famayua, or however you say his name. Well, and he's yeah. working on Ahsoka, which is his number one baby of right. all babies. So I would assume, and I could be wrong, I would assume that he is full like leading that and if he's not whoever's not letting him lead that needs to be fired immediately um but john yeah. favreau i don't want to say i lost faith in him again i've been very critical of the writing but at the same time and i don't i don't know what's sure what's not like jordy was saying about the whole grogu thing this season um they did have the unfortunate part of the uh other co- commander whatever cara dune season being interrupted right. or canceled so they had to fit that in here so i don't know how much is pressure by the studios or whoever kathleen kennedy to fit some of this stuff in she who shall not be mentioned yeah she who shall not be named um so i don't know i mean for I me like... it's just it's just difficult because i love john favreau looking at his track record i've loved literally almost anything that this man has touched then i look at day Filoni's and like with the bad batch was incredible some of the peak star wars that i've seen recently so like i know that Filoni is good I know that Favreau is good, but for some reason, it's just not hitting the screen in the way that we want. It's just not connecting. It's not clicking. So I just don't know where to look at look for it because I know Filoni is, knows how to do Star Wars. Maybe that's the issue. Favreau just doesn't have that Star Wars mileage. I don't know what it is, but I feel like we could have gotten so much more. And that's just... More! More! All right, everyone, that should be a wrap for All Screens and Sizes, Episode 8. Please stay tuned as we will most definitely be sharing our thoughts 
on the final two episodes of The Mandalorian, as well as some upcoming thoughts and ratings on movies we've seen lately. And please don't forget to follow our socials on both Twitter and Instagram. We are at Screens and Sizes. And please continue to interact with us. It was fun to uh, answer some of your questions or discuss some of your ideas uh, on this episode. So please continue to interact with us. And uh, thanks again, guys. Thanks for listening. And um, until the next one, hopefully our spirits are lifted again next week as we are heading towards Star Wars greatness. There is no hope. Laters. Laters.